This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell from the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Katrina Strickland. Welcome to Better Reading. Thank you, Cheryl. Now, we don't have many people that aren't authors. We don't often interview people that aren't, but you actually are. I'm an author. You are an author. (laughs) I've written one book. Yeah. I'd like to write more. Talk to us about that. So that was in 2013 and it's called Affairs of the Art and it's a look at the mostly widows who control the estates of some of Australia's best known artists, so Brett Mm. Wiley, Fred Williams, Howard Mm. Arkley, Bronwyn Mm. Oliver, Mm. John Brack. It's all the people who were left behind, like their partners, and how what they do in terms of when and how they sell the remaining paintings and sculptures and how they manage the estate and the reputation can have a real effect on, you know, the artist's standing. Mm. And I agree with that. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really it came out of my work. I was the arts writer at the time for the Financial Review, right. and so I was covering all the art auctions and looking at the insane prices that were being paid for the modernists, like mm-hmm. Boyd, Brack, mm-hmm. Whiteley, Williams, and the fact that most of the artists were dead, but the widows were very much alive. And mm-hmm. the, the idea just kind of came from observing that, and then mm-hmm. I decided to write a book about it. Mm-hmm. Louise Adler, who published it at MUP, had also been an arts editor, so she knew exactly what I was talking about and had had the same idea herself. Yeah. And also, too, it's interesting because many of them, they weren't the the widow at the time, if you like. They weren't married. No, Wendy Whiteley was the, you know, they were... I'm not sure if they were actually divorced, but they were certainly separated. And they may well have been years. divorced and were maybe going through the property settlement. But, right. But yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, Bronwyn Oliver's partner had broken up from her not Albert long Tucker, before. Albert Tucker, I remember thinking. Bar- oh, Barbara Tucker was still married oh, to Albert she? Tucker. Yeah. Oh, okay. The one. Right. Maybe he had a first. Yeah, wife. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's amazing what yeah. goes out of your brain yes, once you finish the project. It does. <laughs> and now you're the editor for the Good Weekend magazine, which is part of the Sydney Morning Herald. And the Age, yes, and that's the right. Age, yeah. Talk yeah. to me about that job. Yeah, so it's um, I've been editor since 2017 or 16, I think. God, I can't even remember which year. Yeah. Uh, six years, anyway. Yeah. If someone can count. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's a weekly magazine. It's a really great job because you get to go across any you know any subject that I think is interesting that people will be interested in. We can do a story on. So yeah. it's very much mainstream, and the readership is kind of so big and broad that. You know, you basically can say, okay, let's do a story on ADHD or let's do a story on some some artist or yeah. some yeah, yeah. footballer or whatever and it will resonate because mm. 
And and it's sports, it's cooking, it's writers, so many literary stories. And yeah, it's all sorts that's of right. It's, it's issues and profiles, mm. and and then we have some food and some. Ben mm. Law does a dicey topics column at the back, and two of us and the quiz. Now I want to get on to because this is why we're here today. Because mm. um, your one of your journalists, Jane Cadso, wrote an article on memoir, and mm. I got interviewed for it. But before we go to that. A lot of people, and I guess it's probably your most popular column, The Two of Us, because mm. there was even a book, wasn't there? On there the have two been of books, and we've looked at doing a book again, yeah. actually, but in the current publishing climate, it's just hard. Too hard to get it to, Well, the because they live online now, you see, mm. so mm. if... You know, when the last book on the two of us was done, you, if you missed it in the magazine, you you missed it. So you could compile them all. Whereas mm. now, if you miss it in the magazine, you can Google, Google it and it. find it. Tell me what the appeal is, what it is that people like about that column. About, I think it's it's the it's in no way promotional. So we are very rigorous in saying because mm-hmm. we get. I mean, you would be bowled over by how many people pitch. Well, you probably wouldn't, but mm. it's it's amazing. And a lot of them are because they want to flog something, a book or a product mm. or a movie or something. And we are very much, it's not about that thing. Mm. We, that will get half a line and we don't do, we rarely do taglines on two of us. It's very much about the relationship between two people. It has to be long-standing, has to have weathered some ups and downs and they have to be very candid about what they've been through. And I think the reason it's endured, it's been going for decades, is because, you know, it's not just me, it's been many editors before me. Everyone has stuck to it being not just a free plug for something, but a very real human story about the relationship between two people, whether they're romantic or friends or, or sisters father, or daughter brothers. or yes, exactly. Anything and neighbours. And it depends on the people having been friends long enough or close long enough to have gone through some shit. Can mm-hmm. I say that word? Yeah. And be willing to discuss what they learned from it, how they came back to each other. And I think that's it. Like we're in a world where there's so much puffery and so much kind of um spin out there and so much just not deep diving that we are all absolutely starving for real stories you know that's what books do that's what you do mm-hmm. that's what two of us does it's it's real unvarnished I mean you know, and that's obviously why people are a little bit that's right but yeah. I mean that's what leads us to memoir yes exactly that's why we're here yeah do you know I've got to say when Jane contacted me and I'm always so happy to do anything for mm. you but she told me she was writing an article on memoir and I thought be interested in that. Mm. You know, it was, I was thinking, how many people would read an article on memoir? Well, <laughs> a lot of yeah, people. a lot of feedback. <gasps> yeah. Gosh, so much feedback. From 6.30am that morning, mm. that was the first text I got when the paper was out that Saturday morning, and I hadn't kept track, like, because I'd spoken to her a while back. Mm. I didn't know it was coming out that day. Yeah. Um, and then that's when all the messages started. And do you know what's really interesting is I went and had a look at it online. Mm. And I still thought, wow, and everyone's reading this. But it wasn't until I saw it in the paper that afternoon Mm. that I realised how big the story was. Yeah. It's also, and again, I'm not saying this to blow my trumpet because it's been longstanding, it's the breadth of the audience for Good Weekend that whenever people are in it, they are a bit blown away by 
yeah. how many of their school friends who they haven't heard from for years yeah. or uni friends or something because yeah. it's very yep. it's very broad. Mm, absolutely. And also, I mean, strangers came mm. up to me. And, you know, even this morning <laughs> I was having a facial, sharing, oversharing. Um, I was having a facial and the woman um, said to me, I read about you. I read about you the other day in the Good Weekend. Really? I'm just thinking yeah. that is really, it is very broad reach. I've been in the paper many times, yeah. but it hasn't been to this extent. But I think it's not just the reach of the Good Weekend. I think I was totally wrong about whether people are interested <laughs> in true, memoir. too. Yeah. They, they are they interested. Are. And also it's what we're always looking for story-wise are trends yeah. and to try and pick them and write about them on the way up so just before mm-hmm. everyone's talking about them like so we can help get something we've observed into the general kind of conversation water cooler conversation yeah. before everyone's talking about it mm. and then they're bored and I do think if you look at the stats that Jane found in that story you know the number of memoirs since 2013, there were about 8,000 different memoirs and there were more than 15,000 by 2022. Mm. I mean, they're just it's, – mm. it's a real trend mm. that publishing has moved a lot towards the memoir. And we see it – I guess the reason Jane thought about it is we don't publish fiction you know, so mm. we're a magazine of general news. Mm. We're a general newspaper magazine. So memoirs – are coming at us every single week and and we run quite a lot of extracts from memoirs because mm. you know people are very interested in first person stories mm. and and they're often people who've been through something i mean we sometimes joke that if someone's been through something you just know they're not going to do a story with you because they're going to wait until they've done their book and then they'll do the story with you to promote the book mm. and sometimes we kind of say it would have been better as just a 5000 word Story. I, yeah, it doesn't totally actually agree. warrant 80,000 words. It's mm. not going to hold the reader's interest, particularly if they're not a great writer. Mm. But everyone who has anything happen to them these days, mm. you know, I, I sometimes wonder about the business of the publishing. How does that work? Like, I guess they're just hoping that this one will be the breakout one, aren't they? That mm. covers all the others that aren't. Oh, exactly. And I guess it depends how much they pay for it and how much money they put behind it. And yeah. Because, you know, some quiet ones really take off as well. I mean, one of the ones that comes to mind is the Ando, the happiest mm. refugee. No one would have predicted ever how popular that book has been. No, or, or Mao's Last Answer. Or Mao's Last which, Answer. Which um, yep. I did the very first interview with him when I was at The Australian, actually, for their magazine before uh, the book came out. And I remember Lee and his wife Mary saying to me, we don't know if anyone's going to read this. Yeah. Like he'd put all this effort in. And I kind of knew instinctively that they would because his story of growing up in China was amazing. Then he goes to America. Then he gets, you know, the Bush family have to help him you know, get freed and be allowed to stay in America. Then he comes back here and he's a principal dancer to the Australian Ballet. But also ballet. he comes back here and he, you know, like her story, equally remarkable. Yes. Like she's from a small town somewhere. From Rockhampton, yeah. Rockhampton, right? And she becomes, a, you know, world stage ball- ballerina. Yeah. I mean, both of them stories quite incredible and how then those two people find each other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think he's kind of right in the sense that it might not have found an audience, but then once it got a roll on mm. and then and he did the most amazing job. He went to, I remember he went to every little ballet because mm. he was a principal dancer with the Australian Ballet. He went to every little ballet 
organisation. Whenever someone asked him to, he spoke, mm. he lined up, he worked it mm. in the most professional workhorse way and he was such a great speaker of his own story mm. that, that it then all just... Yeah. you know, builds on itself and then all of a sudden it's yeah. a phenomenon. Yeah, then yeah. you get a film and then it's all over again. Um, I want to just backtrack a little bit and we'll come mm. back to memoir. But this, is, it's been a question that I've been wanting to ask you for some time. How do you then decide what goes into each edition? Like, is it Jane that came up with the idea of memoir? And do, do the uh, journalists pitch to you? Is that the job? It's is a, that yeah, the process? it's a bit of both. So Jane right. did come up with the memoir story. Yeah. And... I thought it was a great idea because I'd noticed the same thing and then you have a bit of a chat about it and then she goes off and does the research. I mean, right. Jane's superb. You don't have yeah. to do much. To, she's incredible. She's, she's yeah. incredible. But sometimes I'll come up with the ideas. It's really a mixture. Like I couldn't even say what percentage. Sometimes the writers have right. ideas, sometimes I have ideas, sometimes something's pitched to me and I'll decide which writer are best suits to go with. Yeah. So it's really... I mean, ideas come from everywhere. Someone else might have an idea completely. You right. know, you might say something to me and I go, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you kind of have to be a bowbird and take ideas mm. from mm. everywhere. Uh, and because it's a weekly, mm. right, is it, do you get to some weeks and you've thought of putting something in there and then that's not working in the overall, mm. I mean, do are they themed in – is it themed in a way? They're not. No. Definitely – I mean, we do have themed specials, which yes. are more about advertising, yeah. to be Travel blunt. And, yeah. yeah, they're like really – so the, the advertising team can sell yep. extra ads into those issues and they can be bigger. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's about the mix. Mm-hmm. So – and that that's kind of harder than you think because you've mm-hmm. got to have light and mm-hmm. dark. You can have some tragedy, but then you've also got to not have three stories of mm-hmm. loss and dark terrible mm. things in the world in the one issue and you've got to have, you know, looking at the male-female split, looking at the Melbourne-Sydney split, looking at issues. So, you know, if you've got a, a celebrity, you then perhaps want something a bit heavier as the other big feature. Mm. So I kind of feel like you, I've always got a lot, like the pipeline is constantly being mm. filled up from the back end mm. and then at the front end, if this doesn't work, I'll move it to another issue and move another thing in. You know, so it's it's a constant juggle. Mm. You kind of do have You'd to never be switch a off, ten, ten balls in the air yeah. at once kind yeah, of yeah. Um, Big job. person. Well, and you just get used to it. It's no bigger than any other job, but it's a certain mm. specific thing that is about, yeah, and I'm off always juggling things around like, mm. oh, no, we can't have both of them in that issue because... Mm. Mm. They're both. That means the whole issue is too male, or mm. that means the whole issue is too Sydney, or mm. that means the whole issue is too dark. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty, ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I want to talk about, you, we were talking recently about somebody making the front page and the story had changed, but your magazine had already gone to print. Talk to me about that. Was it George Columbaris? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. It's... um. We call it kind of the black window between when you go to print and when you come out. And if anything happens in that week... So is it a week? For us, on a weekly, it's uh, when I worked on a monthly, it was like two weeks. So it depends on your cycle. You know, the newspapers every day. But Good Weekend is we go to print this Friday for next Saturday. So it's eight days ahead. And, yeah, in that week a lot can happen. With uh, George Columbaris, for example, we had a story. It was a really good story on chef suicide and mental health problems. Yeah. And George Columbaris was doing yoga and, you know, the story had a whole lot of people. It had Jeremy Strode who um, used to run a really good restaurant in Sydney. So George just happened to be the most well-known of many people that we spoke to. So we had a great photo of him. We put the headline around his head, A, because he had a good-shaped head, he had no hair, (laughs) and B, because he was kind of practising yoga as part of him his own mental health. But between us sending that to print and it coming out, all the wage theft stories came out Mm -hmm. in our papers, actually, that we hadn't known about. (laughs) And so by the time our story, there was no problem with the story, but because people were so feral about that issue, feral is probably an unfair word, but so exercised by that issue, they saw us putting him on the cover. They saw that as a halo, the headline around yes. his head. And we got absolutely trolled on social media. Yeah, you like are it was terrible. Mm. But that kind of thing, you know, you can't. Avoid it. Avoid it. You can fix the... Luckily, it wasn't a problem with the story per se. It was an optics thing to do with... Yeah. And no one knows that we went to print the week before. So, mm. and even if you explain it to them, mm. they just want to belt you. Mm. So, mm. they belt you and you mm. just cop mm. it, really. Mm. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the food section as well because that's yeah. my favourite. Uh, I have friends. I don't do this myself, but mm. they cook that. Whatever is in the good weekend, every once a week, really, like they make that part of their repertoire. That's lovely, and they use that to kind of expand because you know you get we all do we get stuck yeah. cooking the same things all of the time. Uh, do you enjoy that part? I love that part, and yeah. in fact, we get a lot of response to the recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got four recipe writers, and we alternate them two a week. Mm. And then we also have a column by Terry Durack mm. and Hugh and Hook does a drinks one that alternate. But, yeah, and mm. if there's any tiny, tiny thing wrong, which, of course, sometimes there is because we're all human, mm. we hear about it, <laughs> which, which, you know, reminds me that, yeah, they do. Cook. Not a half a cup of salt, but a tablespoon yes, exactly. of salt. Yes, exactly. And sometimes right. those things can happen yeah, and it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, the good thing with online now is you can fix the online version mm. and you can mm. mark on the online version that the print, version was incorrect but yeah yeah. Um, and then just the puzzles and then I want to talk about memoir. Mm. That's a huge area too because I know a lot of people that just hang out for that puzzle every week. Oh the quiz yeah, yeah the, the quiz. The yeah. quiz is you know sometimes I joke with people that wear a quiz with a magazine attached. <laughs> Right. <laughs> because people, and particularly during COVID, um, yeah. they, people rely they on were, it. and it was a Zoom thing. People were doing it with their friends yes. and family. And what I love about the quiz is the interactivity and also the fact that it really brings young people to the magazine. So a lot of 20-somethings and 30-somethings wow. 
are obsessed with our quiz. Like it's kind of a bit cult following like. And they'll do it with their parents or their grandparents. I remember going on a um, hike, the Larapinta Trail in um, Central Australia and one of the group leaders who was a young 20-something guy, you know, we all end up saying what we're doing and he's like, oh, the quiz, you need more questions for young people. Like he was all over it. He and his family did it every week. And what was the big story around the quiz a few years ago? Did somebody propose to someone? Yeah, that that was great. Right. We got, How as we do, happen? we get a lot of emails yes. that come in and this young doctor from Wagga Wagga wrote into me or wrote into the Good Weekend and said that he really, he and his girlfriend did the quiz every single Saturday and he wanted to propose and could we put a question in and I think, I can't remember what, any, anyway, we, no, I think he's asked could we mock it up to protect, you know, and we yeah. said, well, we won't do that, but we can do something where the last question, I think the first letter of every question ended up with, will you marry me, Rose? Like oh, if you added wow. all the yeah, first yeah. questions, first yes. letters together and the last question said something like, what does... Th- what what did the first question? Yeah, read? yeah, and so he took her out. Like so, we planned it all with him, yeah. and so all these on the day that it happened, he had to make sure that she, you know, didn't get anywhere near the magazine, and um, took her out until they were sitting in the cafe. And and I mean, the response we got, we ended yeah. up doing a news story mm-hmm. because everyone who was doing the quiz that day on question twenty five realised that someone had just proposed to their girlfriend, <laughs> and so everyone wanted to know who was it. It went, yeah. Very cute. That was beautiful. Yeah. That, I mean, it's things like that that you realise. You, well, you can bring joy. You can. That's the relationship mm. I think people have with the magazine. Yeah. They have a relationship with it. There is something feel good about it. Yeah. You know, even if you're reading a sad story, there you do have, I have a relationship with it. Most people do. Yeah. 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 All right. Now we're going to talk about memoir. I want to start with you. What What's... Firstly, let's define memoir. Mm. And, and Jane did that very well, I thought, in the article, Jane Cadso. But I hadn't thought about it until Jane asked me. Like, what is the difference between autobiography, biography and memoir? But really, memoir is it can be only a snippet of somebody's life where an incident has happened. It's not necessarily like, I grew up here, I went to this school, I did this, and now I'm the CEO mm. of something, right? It's not necessarily that. It's like, you know, I'm 24 years old, I'm in a car accident, I've lost my legs or whatever it is. And you're only writing about that period of trauma or not trauma, of love or all sorts of things. And I think the reason why they're so popular is because what you touched on before with the two of us is people want a connection with other people. Yeah. It's telling a secret. And truth, you know, I was thinking before I came here, and I know reality TV is not really truth. Yeah. It's but nor is a nicely put together memoir. It's yeah. a version of truth that yeah. we choose to show the world, isn't it? Mm, really, of and and the more open and honest, the better. But yeah, I think that's right. It's not. It's cutting out the boring bits. Really, it's mm-hmm. this slice of life. I was thinking about memoirs that have really cut through and you think of Joan Didion, Year of Magical Mm. Thinking, you know, Mm. just about the death of her husband and Mm. then her daughter. So it's not her whole life, but she's a stunning writer already. Mm. And so her take on that life process that, you know, many of us have gone through or fear or will go through Mm. was so profound that I find myself thinking quite often when people die about... I'd never thought of the year of magical thinking until that book, but it stayed with me because 
it is what happens when someone dies. You kind of I've keep that it, keep that magical thinking mm, about them. Mm, I've often thought about it as a as a grief manual. You know, yeah, to give it to people when they are grieving. Yeah, or the mm. other one that, um, if we're talking specifics, that I always think, which is at the other end of the spectrum, is the Andre Agassi Open mm. um, by the guy that has just written the Prince Harry memoir called Spare, right. and he was like a top. American journalist, I think it was New York Times or the New Yorker, you know, and, mm. and so the difference was most sports memoirs are, you know, they're pretty bland and boring, they're rushed out, they're egotistical, they're nothing special, mm. but somehow the combination of Agassiz's personality and this guy's talent as a writer mm. made that book phenomenal and I still hear people reference it as, oh, as the definitive and you know why it is? Is because he was so honest and open and raw mm. and he talked about how much he hated tennis and mm-hmm. how, you know, when he met Steffi Graf, they both realised that they both hated tennis. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, he talked about mm-hmm. Pete Sampras not tipping the guy at the the valet at the car park and, and you know, Steffi having, no, Brooke Shields having Steffi Graf's legs on the fridge, you know, as mm-hmm. what she was aiming for before the wedding. And then, of course, Steffi became the new Mrs. Agassiz. Mm. So it just had, again, it's like what we said with the two of us. It was not filler. It was not just spin. It was not just this is the glossed over version of my life. It was it was very real and raw. Mm. I mean, I think that even with this podcast, mm. like often, yes. you know, people, a friend of mine just recently sent me a text and said, oh, give me, you know, your top five podcasts of yours, of the Better Reading podcast. And I said, oh, okay. He said, not, not the top five popular ones, the top five ones that moved you. Mm. Then that made me reflect because, you know, I've done over 500 now mm. um, and I was going through them and there are some and I wondered why I love them so much. But the reason I love them is because they gave a lot. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that what we all mm. want from because mm. that's where we get understanding and mm. and insight mm. and we grow. We don't grow from hearing the glossed over version of someone's well, life. Well, and I think that's what's happened to politics. It's just so yeah. like everything is... It's all stiff, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah. and it's rose. Exactly. And, yeah. And so if someone cuts through, mm. it's generally because they're being more honest. honest. Yeah. yeah, about yeah. their own experience. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So do you have some favourites? Because I've got some favourites here that mm. I want to talk about. I I was just. Which what, one? What's that one? I was just seeing Lisa Miller. I did really enjoy that. Wasn't that I, lovely? I could just feel her personality. Wasn't, she's just such a she's beautiful just, person. I've, exactly as she's on TV, don't you think? Is. Yeah. Although I've heard recently that she's one of the most trolled people on social oh, media. Oh, I know. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. She's, How can she you left troll qui- her? She left Twitter. Because she was so trolled. I know. I don't understand. trolls are horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Do you know, she talks about interviewing her dad and she had a recording of it when she was nine. Yeah. And she was a journalist and she's like, you know, hi, Mr. Miller. I can't remember if that was his surname at the time, but it was so funny. Anyway, after the podcast, I said to her, have you got that audio? And she said, I do. I said, send it to me. And we included oh, it in the podcast. Oh, did you include it? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. All right. What else? Have what you got else? something I'm, there you I've want to talk down about? here. Um, I yeah, want- so the exit. Oh, Helen Garner, and I oh. know you mentioned the diaries in your um, mm. in in our piece on memoirs, but I just thought that again the breakdown of relationship, another person being involved, the the kind of gaslighting of you're not meant to, you sense it, but but you're being told that you're mm. mad, 
Mm. I just, I mean, Helen Garner really... It was extraordinary. I felt that it was so honest and so raw, but I guess that's what diaries are, you know. Yeah. And that really, that book moved me. I've got goosebumps now talking to you. Like the fact that she she was in this relationship where she had to leave the house in the morning and not come back to a certain time of your own home. Mm. I know, and it's that thing that we've all, not everyone, but we can mostly relate to being in a bad relationship mm. where, where it's only once you're out that you can look back and go, mm. oh, how did I put up with that? Mm. You know, how could I have mm. seen that? How could that have been normalised behaviour? Mm. And actually another in that, which I've written down here, educated by Tara Westover. Oh, yes. Wow. And that was another one where she, mm. I just feel like she made so clear that line between your upbringing where, where really weird experiences are, made to be mm-hmm. normal. okay, normal, and then the psychological strength to, to have to find a way out of that and then stay out of it, you know, and not be... I feel yeah. like she really captured that. Yep. Yes, she had an amazing story, but see, I do feel like there's a lot of memoirs where the writing is not mm. that great, and so... It's about the story. They're fine, but it's a, either the story or the really the ones that we're talking about that crack through other mm. story is amazing and the writer is particularly skilled at drawing something universal mm. to, universal from the particular. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what makes yeah. it because it needs not just to tell your story but to make people be able to mm. put, draw something from your story that goes beyond your story and relates to them. Mm. It's a shame about Ray by Jonathan Seidler. Just oh, I recent, don't know that recent one. one. He's a um, that was right. his first book. Amazing story about his father, who was well known in Sydney, a doctor, suicided, and really, it's just his mm. story. But beautiful, beautiful young new writer, and then Kate Legg, Infidelity and Other Affairs. Yes, they're two that we've done mm. extracts from mm. recently. I struggled with that book. Did you? Yeah, yeah. that was hard for me. Yeah. I think really it, it was very confronting it was. subject matter. Yeah, 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 truly confronting. Okay, well, we're out of time, which is such a shame. Katrina Strickland, love you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Cheryl. Keep up the good work. I love your podcast. As <laughs> you know, know you I'm, a, I'm a very big listener. <laughs> I know you are. Thank you, Katrina. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of ebooks and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. Imagine 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.